What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, Jamsters, I'm back! And hopefully I won't end the broadcast a little too early. Sorry about that. For those of you who turned in, tuned in to the last post-game podcast against the Miami Heat, I came on and gave my two cents after attending the game, and then I just ended the broadcast like an idiot. So, uh, Matthew, sorry about that. Hey, no worries. It actually kind of ended pretty good, and you're like, hey, see you guys later, and then it was just done. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. We went over to the um, – what's his name? Uh, Sun's Geek. Geek. We went to his podcast and picked it up from there, so it ended fine. It was all right, dude. <laughs> A little squitcheroo. Yeah, you know, curveball, curveball. Champions adjust, right? Unlike the yeah, Phoenix exactly. Suns who once again lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers the second time in a week that they've done so. The team is 1-9 and nine in their last 10. They've lost six in a row. And Matthew, this team has yet to score over 100 points since New Year's. They're averaging like 91.3 points per game since we turned the calendar to 2023. Fantastic. Yeah, super close to the night. Super close. Yeah, just like the last time we played the Cavs. Super close through three, and then the fourth yeah. quarter happened. I know, I yeah, know. Uh, I think we're kind of getting used to this. I think you tweeted about how you're just mentally prepared for the loss. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I think I am I'm not too. Not even mad. I, yeah, I mean, I sit there kind of grumpy. I sit there, and I'm just like kind of pissed off to do a podcast after another loss. It sucks. But I don't know, man. You just sit there and watch and maybe hope to God they can keep it close. But the way the Suns used to play bad teams where they would keep it close kind of and then just blow them out. And the fourth, now that's happening to us on the other side of it. So, well, I think hard to take. I think that, you know, knowing that I didn't do the podcast on Friday, I just slipped in and then turned it off. Uh, it's it, it's like, you know, my my wife was cheating on me with somebody else. And I came in real quick and I just like turn, turned on the lights and then ran away. And you guys got scared off or something. Uh, but I haven't done a podcast, <laughs> you know, in, in about four or five days. So I'm actually... I think mm-hmm. I was content. I'm okay to talk about the Suns. I got a lot I want to talk about, and maybe that's what you need, Matthew. Maybe you just need a, a night off, and you, you'll hear, you'll feel that reinvigoration talking because every every night's going to be a loss. Let's just face it. Yeah. Every night's no, yeah, be a loss. no, you're you're totally right. It's going to be a loss, and we just have to take it. Um, I'm okay. I'm I'm, I'm fine. Whatever. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> I don't sound okay, <laughs> so I'm lying to you. I'm not okay. Okay. Well, I mean, did the Cowboys lose today too? Uh, they did lose. You know, Dak Prescott got that pick six in like he always does. He always wants to make sure he leaves. Get it out of the way now, man. Start every fr- Well, dude, he does it every game. He's going to do it in the playoffs twice. So uh, <laughs> they lost. It didn't matter anyways. It was it was one of those games where it didn't matter. So um, it's all right. Uh, we'll well, see and, what and, happens next week. And the Cardinals lost, uh, which was a good thing because now they have the number three overall pick in the NFL draft, which I'm kind of excited for knowing that this oh, team is cool. the, the Cardinals are just fucked for like the next five years anyway. So what does it matter? But anyways, welcome Jamsters to another edition of the Suns jam session podcast, the original podcast when it comes to post games for the Phoenix Suns and part of the basketball podcast network. Make sure you subscribe rate review wherever you're consuming this content. If you happen to be watching along live or watching along at a later time on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button while you're here. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Matthew, we got another one. Good. They're flooding I mean, in now, huh? Yes. All of a sudden, nice. the jam- I, I think they're pity reviews. I honestly thank you, Jamsters. <laughs> a, a lot of pity reviews. Everyone's like, you know what? 
This has got to be tough for these two Joe Schmoes to go live after every Phoenix Suns loss during this stretch of just complete and utter mediocrity that the Phoenix Suns are living yeah. in. Despite their own efforts, they continue to lose. So thank you for those five-star reviews. We'll read that at the back end of the podcast. Uh, but again, if you're watching along live with us or, or if you're watching later and you're just hanging out, pop open a nice cold beer. I got I got the Coors Banquet, brother. I love Ooh, these things. Old school, these, huh? I love those these things. Those are good. Those They're are really very, good. very good, man. Way better than a than the, your typical Coors Light. Uh, but drink them if you got them, Suns fans. Lord knows we need it. Nice and subtle, the little bottled beers. And let's get drunk together and talk about the Suns. Tonight, 112 to 98 against the Cleveland Cavaliers at home. Uh, going into this final quarter, the team was only down a point, and then they give up a 32 spot while only scoring 19 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers in that fourth quarter, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask when you. Take a look at this team, and you see that the starting five is Landry Shamit, Point Shamit, Mikhail Bridges, Juice, Dario, and D.A. I know that the final score was the Phoenix Suns lost by 14. Did you think that they were even going to be in it this long? Um, No. No. When I saw that, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Is there anybody in there I recognize? That's what I was like. Is there anybody? But there was D.A. There was Mikhail. Uh, Juice has been playing really good. So you had those three. I was kind of looking for one guy, and it was Washington Jr. to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that would be an option for the Suns to start because he's been the guy that Monty trusts. So we'll go ahead and start him next to Shamit. Didn't happen. Um, but I'm like, he got a lot of points. He got a lot of minutes tonight. But when I first saw that, man, I was thinking, what are we going to do? What are we going to do in this game? How is it going to be even close? And it was close, but come on. It wasn't. It was close, but the Cavs knew what they were doing. They're one of the best teams in the league right now. They – they had them where they wanted them. It was just one of those games where one of the players finally got hot for the Suns and they just shut them down. I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV, Dwayne Washington. It's funny you bring up Dwayne Washington because that's the exact thought that I had when I knowing that Cameron Payne was going to be out because you know he sprained his ankle. Essentially, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, so Lord knows when we're going to get him back. Knowing that Chris Paul is out, played 12 minutes against the Heat, has a hip issue, which we know in those old folks might take some time. We know Devin Booker is going to be out for some quite for quite some time. I, too, thought that this was going to be a start for Dwayne Washington because, I mean, let's face it, he has literally been the only bright spot of the Phoenix Suns over the past month, if you will. I mean, you take a, a look at the way that this team has been playing uh, since December 1st. Right Since December 1st, the Phoenix Suns have the worst winning percentage in the NBA. The worst. They, they've won 25% of their games. They're 5-14. and 14. Oh, looks like Charlotte lost. So they're five. Charlotte's worse than we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I mean, yeah. so, so this team is, <clears throat> excuse me, this team is 5-14 and, and 
14 since December 1st. As I mentioned before, they've lost six in a row. They've yet to score over uh, 100 points since this year began. But you take a look at the way that Dwayne Washington Jr. has been playing uh, since the, the 1st of December, and he's been somebody who's been giving you solid points. I mean, he's, he's, he's 10.4 points per game, knowing that he's only playing 14.2 minutes in this month and, you know, eight days, uh, 33% from beyond the arc, but he's somebody who just has the ability to, to space the floor. And some, we really don't see happen very well. He can space the floor. He can attack the, the basket. He's the best pure score we have left on this team. Yeah. And you said attack the basket. That's the one thing he does. A lot of the Suns players don't do like, mm. even when we're down by 10 points, he'll take it to the rim. He'll try to get the foul call. It doesn't happen all the time. Rarely ever happens but he's very physical. And the thing is like, he, he knows no one else can score. He knows that they don't have a true shooter out there. He's the last one there. Maybe Lee, but Dwayne Washington is the last guy out there. You want to trust him and Aiden, but he's the last guy that I feel like he can make and create his own shot. And that sucks. I mean, that's just how bad it's been yes. with, with the injuries, but it's, it's fine. I feel like all the Suns fans trust him. Last game, he was three for 18 tonight. He was nine for 18. So the shot attempts are awesome. They just went in tonight. And I feel like even if he went 3 for 18 again, I'd be like, damn, that sucks. But I like what he's getting because a lot of his looks look good. I feel like every mm-hmm. time he he's shooting the three, it's not very selfish. It's um he's hitting the pick and roll with DA. He's getting to the rim. Um, he's getting like the up and under. So he's doing a lot of things good. He's getting his looks, and that's what all you can ask for from him. And you just gotta keep riding him. And I kind of wish that he would have started the second quarter. Oh, I'm sorry, the second half, because it's the way he ended the, the first half, he was just on fire. And it was the only reason why we're down by one. And I was like, okay, here we go. Like, we can ride him into the second half. But no, Monty didn't start him. He just started the same starting lineup we had before, and we got down big again, like mm-hmm. 10 points right away. Well, and DA was out during that time too, which is understandable because that's his natural substitution pattern. But Dwayne Washington Knight was 25 minutes, had 18 shots in those 25 minutes, was 9 of 18 from the field at 25 points. Uh, he had three assists. He had a rebound. Five of six from beyond the arc. He did have the four turnovers, which definitely hurt the team. But there's something interesting that you mentioned, and that was how you know he attacks the basket consistently. Did you get that graphic? The final yeah, it's there. graphic. It's there oh, now. Sweet. Yeah. Where is that? I just want to bring that. You bring that up. Oh, there we go. Boom. I love our, our badass graphics. Uh, but it's one thing that I noticed uh, when I was at the game on Friday, and it's something that. I'm talking about pretty extensively on tomorrow morning's Center of the Sun article that I put out every Monday morning on brightsideofthesun.com where I talk about the week that happened and a preview of the upcoming week. And the one thing that I noticed, and this is where, you know, this kind of ties into the Dwayne Washington conversation. Dwayne Washington is one of the only players on the Phoenix Suns who actually drives to the cylinder consistently and tries to finish at the cylinder. One thing I consistently noticed, again, my wife kept saying that we had courtside seats. We were just in the 200s. She's like, well, they're all by the court. Uh, so my <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> not wrong, yeah, you know, but from section uh, 202, you know, up high, I was really seeing a lot of the geometry of the game that the Phoenix Suns played. And mm-hmm. one thing that I noticed consistently is this team drives the ball just to kick it. I've never seen more drive and kick. And it was really frustrating to watch in that game against the Heat and frustrating again to watch it again tonight that there's a lot of driving and then they're kicking it. But it's like if they just continue the drive and try to force the issue, 
at the basket, there's they're going to force themselves into either scoring points or putting the opposition in in foul trouble. And over and over again, it was happening against the Miami Heat. And I actually went back and I looked at the statistics on NBA.com, and they drove the ball 45 times, and they passed out of those 17 times. They only had six free throw attempts off of drives the entire game. And you look at it, they drive the ball to the hoop 41.4 times a game. That's 24th in the NBA. They have a 45.3% field goal percentage when they do drive, which is 27th. And they average 22.3 points on drives, which is 27th. Uh, and, and not surprisingly, they attempt 5.4 free throw attempts as a result of their drives. What that's telling you is this is a team that drives and kicks and drives and kicks. And I know it's hard to take a look at some of these statistics right now because, like, again, we're, ta- we're stuck with a two-way contract player, and he's the, he's the guy that we lead off the podcast talking about in Dwayne Washington. But, it, again, it goes back to kind of that coaching aspect and that culture of drive and kick, try to find open. And, and that's why this team is one of the better three-point shooting teams. They get a lot of wide-open threes. But at the same time, like, you have to have some balance to the force, and the Phoenix Suns just don't have it. They don't. When you count on the three, I mean, tonight we kind of got lucky where someone got hot. But most of the time, I feel like the way these games have to go, um, I think it was three games ago in Chris Paul, his last game before he got hurt. Um, well, he did he, he got hurt last game. My yes. bad. Yeah, yeah. But he like didn't finish the game, obviously. But yeah. three games ago, um, it was a tough battle against this Cavs team. Um, and yep. the way that they did it, they slowed it down and they were very physical. So I think that's the only way that the Suns team can win is if they're physical and they try to get to the line. Um, those shots just have to go through the defender. A lot of them are just always fadeaways. I mean, all of them do it. Mikhail does it, and Mikhail had a good night tonight, but Mikhail does it. Uh, Aiden does it. They don't go through anybody. Um, if you're looking at even like Sarge down there, even what he does, Ooh. he'll just do a little jump hook and just throw it off the rim. So him, I, I thought he would maybe try to draw some contact and hit it at the bottom of the rim, but no, he was kind of fading away and just throwing it up there. No, no look hook shots. He loved those. And uh, I mean – I like the driving kicks. It's fine, but it's just you're counting too much on the three. And I think when you're not trying to slow the game down and get to the line, it's going to be a very long night. Um, And tonight wasn't very long, but I just think that you got to keep it slow paced and you have to make sure that a lot of these teams know, like, we're going to be physical. But that's the thing, though. The Suns have never done that ever in, like, the last two years, I feel like. They've never been, like, the more physical team. Mm -hmm. So to do it now with a lot of your your stars – it's going to be very much almost impossible, I think. Yeah, and again, like you know, driving and kicking is one aspect of basketball, and it, and it opens up those three point uh, opportunities. And as you mentioned, you know, kind of live by the three, die by the three. Well, the Phoenix Suns shot fourteen of twenty six from beyond the arc tonight. You know, they were fifty three point eight percent, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and Cleveland was thirty seven point nine percent. But the challenge that you have is those are harder points. They're worth more. That's why they're, you know, and they're harder. That, that That's why they're worth more. But you look at the points in the paint, and that's where the Phoenix Suns truly struggle. They were outscored 52 to 38 in points in the paint. And the Phoenix Suns are also a team that, you know, they they have, uh, what, what what is it? They they average 26.1 paint, point, uh, paint touches per game, which is second best in the NBA. That's touching the paint, period, right? So, again, that doesn't mean at the rim. 
but their points per paint touch is 0.884, which is 16th in the league. So it shows you that again, they drive and kick. They're, they're a jump shooting team. They they score a ton of points from between 10 and 15 feet from the cylinder. And if you look at the way that they attack uh, inside at the rim, you know they're a team that they just they don't make a bunch of points inside the inside of five feet at the rim. They they're they're making 15.4 field goals of 24 attempts, which are both last in the league. So again, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll say it again. It's hard to sit and try to analyze those exact statistics, knowing what's going on right now. But again, it just shows you that it's it's philosophical. It's a coaching thing. When we talk about DeAndre and we talk about you know some of the challenges that he has relative to being an effective player on the interior, that plays a part of it. But it's also like Monty Williams is not saying, hey, guys, like attack, 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 attack. And ultimately, what lost this game for the Phoenix Suns against the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight was simply how they performed in that fourth quarter. They shot 36.8% from the field. They went 7 of 19, didn't turn the ball over a ton. You know, they turned it over five times, which led to seven points for the the Cavs. The Cavs turned it over four times, which led to five points. But the Cavs just shot 66.7% from the field, which mirrored what they did in the first quarter where they shot 73.7. So my question for you, Matthew, is when you see those statistics, right, the the Phoenix Suns gave up 73.7% in the first quarter. They gave up 66 point, whatever I said, 66.7 in the fourth quarter. This team is just, I mean, given they have a bunch of scrubs out there, essentially, they're just bad at defense now, right? Because I mean, look at those numbers. Yeah, there's another thing, though, too, where you keep seeing game to game where these runs are getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, last game against the Heat, I feel like um, we talked about Spolstra calling those timeouts towards the end of the game were really nice. Anytime the Suns got on a 5-0 run, Just boop. timeout, killed it. You know what timeouts do? They kill any kind of momentum. They kill any kind of streaks to where your percentage goes any higher. I'm not saying these are games where we're going to win if he calls one or two timeouts, Monty, if he calls one or two timeouts in certain situations, but – it's kind of crazy when you when you're up, you know. I think it, what was it like sixteen to ten, and then you don't call timeouts. You're down by ten. So like a team goes on like a fucking like almost seventeen zero run or something crazy like that, and then you call a timeout. Um, I understand kind of writing it out if you have Booker and Chris Paul out there, and you have your actual offense. That's fine because you've been in these situations. You can kind of dig yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think with this team, they need anything, and I think a timeout is it's bigger than people think there's just no timeouts. Anytime it's a run and they they're down by 10, then the timeout's called. So I think the Suns have to be down by 10 or down by 11 before Monty calls the timeout. They have to come earlier. Like just use your timeouts, try something because what's the point of waiting? Like, you know, this Cavs team or any team we play in the future, they're going to go on these runs where they can't miss. And then we're going to get some nasty layup. That's going to miss. We're going to brick a three or something. And they're going to keep going back and forth and they're going to make all their shots. You got to stop it. You got to just stop it with a timeout. And I saw it tonight again. It's just one of those things where it's like, all right, we're not going to call a timeout till two minutes left in the first quarter after we just blew a big, like we were up. And maybe when the, maybe when the Cavs come back and they tie the game and go up by two, then call a timeout, do something like that. Just see how that works. Stop trying to have these guys figure it out because they can't, they can't do that right now. No. And, and they started on a 17 to two run. And I don't think Monty called a timeout during the, he called one when it was a 13 to two run. He should have called it when it was a 6-2 run, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, that's 
again, being at the game on, on Friday, I noticed the exact same thing. Anytime the Suns were down 11, like the entire game. And every time they, they shrink it to four timeout, timeout, timeout. And I just feel like it, it's kind of, it's an old conversation. It's something that we said three years ago with Monty Williams. God, I wish he'd use his timeouts a little bit more effectively because you can't take them with you when you go. And what's the point of holding on to them uh, in, in this game? You, you got to stop those. Yeah. And, and it happened in the first quarter. You know, you look at what uh, uh, Bickerstaff did for the, the Cavaliers. You know, the Phoenix Suns came out and, and they were looking good. They were playing hot. And then he called a timeout and then boom, like it was a 14-0 run, just like that, right yeah. after a timeout. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do, you, how, do you not, how do you not feel that? You know, again, you need every edge you can utilize with this Phoenix Suns squad, as beat up as it is, playing the Cavs tight for six of the, the eight quarters that you've played them in thus far this season. And the, all you're going to play them this season because you ain't going to see them in the finals because you ain't making it. You know? But you just... Yeah, mm. you have to. And I, I don't know, the timeouts are very... They're kind of, what is it, five timeouts or something per half or something crazy like that. Um, Not very many, but you just got to use them sooner. That's the only thing is try it two minutes sooner. Don't let it be a 20 to three run for the Cavs. Like, cut it, cut it in half, dude. Like, you can't have this keep happening every game because I'm looking at a lot of these non-timeout calls i'm looking at a lot of things like where he monty's talking about how after the game two games ago when da only had like 11 shot attempts like oh we should have given the ball more we should have given more attempts and he's scratching his head like just trying to figure it out it's like yeah like do you so do you not have those adjustments am i just blaming aiden for something he can't control you know what i mean so i start to think like maybe this is a monty problem i didn't i didn't mind i don't mind monty i like monty i like what james Mm -hmm. jones does but just coaching when it comes down to just your team missing players i kind of want to i don't i'm not saying we're going to win these fucking games i'm just saying i want to see things where i'm like oh great call monty oh yes he's really forcing dwayne washington to feed Aiden more even though i like dwayne washington what he's doing mm-hmm. but have him feed Aiden no matter what turnover who cares blame it on Aiden. he's not getting pos- good positioning but i just want some kind of focus somewhere to help this team actually keep it close towards the end of the game and they have in the last few games. It's been kind of closer towards the end. The Miami Heat game was a little closer and stuff, but this game is a blowout just because I feel like you just nothing's really going right. And of course, Aiden gets hurt towards the end of the fourth or whatever. So that sucks. Did he? So yeah, I guess he hurt his ankle, rolled it again. So Yay. I know I turned it. I turned it off with like three minutes left, and I came to get ready or whatever. So I kind of miss, I think I missed that part. <sighs> Great, just what we need. Watch. So you take a look in this game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Aiden Watch, you know, DA was on triple-double watch tonight for the first time in his career. 6-16 six from the field, which I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, 14 points, 11 boards, had six assists in this game, also had a block. Uh, he, he ended with a negative five, which he was a plus 15 in the fourth quarter because mm-hmm. uh, at least for some, at least for the front end of the fourth quarter because they couldn't uh, stop the Cavaliers without DeAndre Ayton out there on the court in that fourth quarter. Tell me what you saw from DA tonight. Um, Well, it comes after um, the article with Dwayne Rankin. I don't know if you read it. I kind of skimmed through it and he yep. did talk about how he wants the ball more. And yep. um, Dwayne brought up, Hey, um, you know, so when you get the ball, you seem kind of rushed and Aiden does comment say like, yeah, I'm just like, when I finally get it, like I want to make something happen quick. Um, the thing is, like watching Aiden to me, he still doesn't understand what to do with the ball. Still, uh, a lot of the times, uh, when he does get it, so it's very frustrating on that part. 
Um, and then when he does start to get rolling, then they kind of go away from him. Uh, the positioning's still bad by him. Uh, players are still missing him. So it's the same bullshit that we talk about all the time. But I just, the thing is that with him, I just think that he has still a lot of learning to do, uh, a lot more work to do to where you can count on him to be consistent. Um, so I think this season is basically just him doing the same thing over and over again with the reps and working on moves to get to the rim. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to count on him to win you games at all, as we saw. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it's all his fault or anything like that, but it's just, it's very hard to watch. It's very brutal to watch Aiden and just ha- see that he still looks like a rookie. He he looks like a rookie a lot of the times where he's still trying to figure shit out and how to, what move should he go to? I brought up with Suns Geek and probably you two weeks ago or two pods ago where he spins into the defense mm-hmm. just because the coach probably told him like, hey, do a spin move right yeah, here. Get, the, spin, get you know the ball and spin. And it's so like weird. Right into yeah. somebody. <laughs> so I'm not enjoying this at all and I hope he's not hurt, but I'm not going to say it's going to make a difference if he's out the next few games. I don't think we win a game because of him because he started off this game really good. He looked really good, but mm-hmm. he gets tired and then the defense can kind of take him away. You know what I mean? But then it just goes away kind of like Mikhail has been doing and Mikhail had a good game tonight, but I just don't trust him anymore, dude. I'm just, I'm honestly just fucking sick of him. I, I really am to be honest. I'm sorry. I'm just sick of him right now. All right. So this is, this is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> um, so when it comes to DA, you know, again, he was, he was taking the shots in this game, but he was having a hard time making them because of his positioning. And that's the first thing that I had in my notes. And it was, there, there was a couple different reasons why, in my opinion. One, you're right. He, he's not great at pin downs. Like, when he gets a good pin down, you're like, oh, shit, DA got a pin down. And then he yeah. gets the ball and he, and he fumbles it away. Uh, the other thing is, you know, again, with all of these scrubs, essentially, with Landry Shamit playing point Shamit, with Mikhail Bridges being your two guard, with a lot of uh, Dwayne Washington Jr., a lot of the passes are just, they take him out of those deep positions that he gets. So he'll be seven feet from the basket and they'll pass it to where he's got to reach out. And now all of a sudden he's 15 feet. And then he doesn't know, Mm -hmm. to your point, doesn't know how to operate within the confines of exactly, you know, what that offensive set's going to be. Eighth most double doubles in Suns history after tonight, you know, so kudos to him. Yeah. Uh, You know, but you take a look since January 1st, his touches per game, he gets 51.6 touches per game, which is the most that isn't, uh, you know, Chris Paul or, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, I, I went from, let, let me go to January 1st, considering Devin Booker's not there. All right, so since Devin Booker's been gone, DeAndre Ayton leads the team in touches. 61.7 touches per game, not including tonight. 61.7. His points per touch is point. Uh, 0.06 essentially it's not good it's not good considering how many touches he gets a game but again to your point like he doesn't know what to do with it and and they got me thinking this you know you, you just said it I said i'm tired of watching da right now january 15th we got one week until january 15th right that's when he becomes available for trade now granted he has veto power over that trade but think about that Think about DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder. Okay, think about what that looks like in a trade. Think about what value that could bring back. Could, you know, because again, a lot of people are dogging James Jones. Hasn't done anything. No triggers have been pulled. Could he just simply be waiting for January 15th? Could he sit there and go, you know what? I waited till the 11th hour. I waited till DeAndre Ayton got an offer from the Indiana Pacers. I matched it instantly knowing that I'm going to just use that contract 
in an effort to get rid of this guy rather than just lose him for nothing, right? It's got to be a possibility, right? Yeah, it's. I'm going to be honest, Jamsters, and as much as, like, I love watching him, like, when he dominates, like, when he really does, and that's the only thing I get excited about when I watch Suns basketball, when they're so good. It's, it's I remember that one time. I remember that one time he dominated. That was cool. Yeah, I and I hate – I'm not ragging on him. And I, it's not even hate either, and I hate when people say it's hate. It's just – it's reactions to the game, and mm-hmm. I get frustrated because he does say I want the ball, but then when he gets the ball, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And yes, I do watch him too much. I think uh, Cody Kid said that. I do watch him all of course, the time. Of course. It's Aiden Watch. I can't stop watching this dude. So, I mean, he <laughs> loves his teammates to succeed and stuff, and then the thing is he's just so flippy-floppy. I just I don't know what DA we're going to get. Um, I don't know what kind of attitude we're going to get. It's from one minute to another. It changes. Um, so... I do think whenever I do look at those players saying they're even Devin Booker, I think even Chris Paul, I think they're upset with the way DEA has been. And I think that they're just waiting for him to get out of town. That's how I truly feel. Mm-hmm. And as much as I want him to stay here and be a Phoenix Sun for forever for Devin Booker, it's been five years. He's and not that guy. He's just not that guy for Devin Booker. And if you were to say like Chris Paul's going to leave and we have to rely on Aiden and Booker to get together, it's like, okay, Give us five more years and maybe we'll figure it out. It's like, we don't have time. We don't have time. These fans want a championship now. Booker's going to his prime. There's other guys out there you can throw with with Booker. And I'm just, I if DA steps up and he's just that guy, and I know he's in a new role, that's fine. But this is what you work this is what you work your whole first four and a half years for, is when Booker's out, you can be the main guy because you shouldn't have a problem. You shouldn't have an issue. With anything you're doing offensively, you shouldn't look so insecure with the ball. He does, so mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm just done, dude. And I have been. Well, and it's, it, and it's and not it just, just that. Again, the other side of this coin is the constant. It's it, it's the talk, the talk rather than walk the walk with Da. Right? Always, yes, always. Yeah, that's know? the that's the one thing that that's yeah. the Dwayne Rankin article. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I man. want the ball. I want to be dominant. Then he gets the ball. He spins to a double team. He drops the ball. You know, and, and again, like. I want DA to be so successful because I think that having somebody like him, because on, on the defensive end, he can he highly impacts a game. But I feel like you can get somebody who impacts the game not at the same level, but comparatively for much much cheaper, and 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 you're not zeroed in all the time. Like if yes. you had a Jared Allen type, right? If you had a Jared Allen type, anything offensively he gave you, you'd be like, yes, you want to be like, we need Jared Allen to score twenty points and to get ten rebounds. You're not going to be banging that gavel because he isn't the number one overall pick, the only number one overall pick in the history of the franchise. He's not a guy who you watched for five years and you're waiting for him to start to enter his prime and it just doesn't seem like there's any progression. I mean, Bill Simmons was saying it the other day when he was talking about Phoenix. Yes. He's like, no you know, value. He has no, no trade value. That's our number one pick right now. Five years from being the number one pick. He has no trade value. And I told you about the the redraft. These, this podcast guys did. He was sixth fit in uh, Mikhail's fifth. He's behind Mikhail. Like just face it like Aiden. Yeah, he's good, but we need him to be fucking great. We need him to be an all-star every fucking season, but he's not that. Gary Pickney in the, in the chat. Thanks for watching. He says, I can't yeah. with y'all. Uh, we trade DA and who do we get? Who are we left with? Well, if you trade DA, it's a $30 million asset. You probably get something you know, maybe a secondary score to Devin Booker when he comes back because DA just ain't consistently it. You might get a quality wing player. You might have the ability to, you know, get the point guard of the future. I don't know. There, but you give yourself more options because, again, I just – I don't think that DA – you have to try to maximize his uh, – what he is and and 
it ain't like right now should be the time that he's shining. And again, like he's, he's doing 13 foot fadeaways. He's doing hook shots from eight feet out. He doesn't attack the rim. Uh, and again, do we watch him too much? Yeah. It's eight and watch. That's what we do. But yeah, the, the you know. free throw attempts too. like, that's just hard when it's your big and he doesn't get a lot of calls sometimes some games, but he needs to keep on the rest. The so last game against Miami, he started the first quarter where he was like kind of yelling at the rest, yeah, but he, he doesn't was. talk to him. He doesn't do anything to actually let them know like, Hey, this is what that guy's doing. Like, let me get that call. You know what I mean? Like a lot of players mm-hmm. will do that. They'll talk to the refs and stuff, but, and yeah, I do watch him too much. I'm sorry. Cause I want him to be great, dude. I don't want him to leave Phoenix at all, but no, I need this but I team. Want I want this team to, to win a championship and we just can't do it. If he's, if he's the number two or number one. Yeah, he's, he'd be a great number three or number four if you paid him as such. If you if yeah. you paid him what you're paying Mikhail Bridges, Mikhail, yep. I feel like we'd be a lot less keyed into it. And we've been keyed into it for the first four years because we knew the max contract was coming. Then obviously everything that happened last year didn't get the max contract. It's like, okay, go prove it. Didn't prove it, still got it. And now here we are on the other side of that, and you're handcuffed with a $30 million max center who doesn't play like a max center. He just doesn't consistently. Every now and then yeah. he'll have, and again, it's like, I don't care about the stats, man. You could sit here. I, I Notice how I haven't sat here and pulled up any of his statistics because it, it, I'm going off of what I see when it comes to DeAndre. Mm-hmm. So again, we'll continue to see over the next few games, which are tough games, if DeAndre Ayton can be that guy, but he's just too passive. And that's okay, but it's not okay when he's supposed to be the guy who's carrying your team right now. And he literally isn't. So uh, more to talk about, but you know what? We need, we need a smile. So let's... Uh, Let's watch this promo from DraftKings. Listen up, Jamsters. I know this is a basketball podcast, but the NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this upcoming weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action is so good, why not bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Go oh new my DraftKings God, promo. thank you. It's been a while since I've seen that, man. That's good. <laughs> that is so good. When did we shoot that? Like, it was it 11 years, years ago. Six Dude, years that's... ago. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, obviously you heard the new voiceover. New video goes with that. Matthew and I actually a long, long time ago created some fantasy football video for uh, our fantasy football league yeah, or something. I don't know what the hell we did it for. And uh, it's just gold. It's gold. It's Matthew running around a park uh, training for his fantasy football draft. Do you remember who the player was when you, when you hit, when you threw the ball and you hit the computer, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. You're like Alshon Jeffrey yeah. first pick. Yeah. That's so. a great video, dude. That's, that's one of the best ever. Someone actually commented like, how does this not blow up? Like, I don't know how that's not everywhere. I don't want to be a movie star, but like, that's fucking good. And, you know what I mean? Like what you did to put it together, dude, it was hilarious. It gets me every time. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. So uh, for those of you watching, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, next up on the Sons Jam Session podcast. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Um, This is John Voida paging 
Damian Lee, paging Damian Lee. Has anyone seen Damian Lee? <laughs> only six points, one of four from the field at seven. Yeah. Uh, his only three-pointer came in garbage time, which was late in the fourth quarter, had three rebounds. And prior to this game, Damian Lee, uh, 6.2 points per game during the losing streak, 4.6 field goal attempts. What's what's happened to Damian Lee? <laughs> right now is when I feel like Damian Lee should be shining. And like him and Josh Akogi just like aren't anywhere to be seen. Both, So it's not just Damian, it's him and Josh Akogi. Like WT to the F, where's he gone? No, I don't know. And he, he was trying to work on some moves, getting to the rim. It wasn't, wasn't really working out. So I know we talked about, hey, you got to get the rim and draw some contact. But uh, he has a hard time doing that. So he needs to just jack the threes up, man. Find him, find some spacing, find the floor um, to where he's open for it from the passing lane, even when DA has the ball. Just jack with those threes, man, because I feel like Shamit's shooting a lot of threes. He's just jacking them up. Yeah. He is. And, like, I don't mind them. I think they're good-looking shots. And he, what was he? Shamit was three for seven, but mm-hmm. – Damian Lee's one for two. Like, I want to see at least five or seven, five to seven threes per night from him. Like, at least. And I don't mind it. It's just like Dwayne Washington. Like, if he's missing, it's fine. They're good looks. But we know Lee can get hot, too. And I was thinking the same thing tonight. I'm like, I feel like Washington's kind of overshadowed him. But Lee can be that second guy. Because I'm like, who else is a shooter out there? Oh, Lee is, but he hasn't stepped up at all. And it's difficult. It's a different situation, obviously. But is it that difficult when you're just launching threes? Maybe I don't know. Maybe it is, man. Maybe I'm just well, really critical tonight. Who knows? Uh, oh, I'm critical for the past, you know, <laughs> month and a half. Uh, Low sunsets <laughs> in the chat. They're playing him tighter because they've adjusted to him, which makes sense. You know, he's they created are, a man. reputation to, for himself. But at the same time, with all the drive and kick talk that I was talking about earlier, like a lot of members of the Suns are finding themselves open for three, and Damian Lee just isn't. And I don't know what it is. I, you know, I don't know if he's hurt. I feel like everyone on the team's hurt right now. Like literally oh, everybody. Yeah. Bridges is hurt. Bridges um, is definitely hurt. I'm sure Aiden's been playing his. I'm sure his ankle's been bothering him too. So I feel like I do feel bad for everything I said, of course, because I, I have a lot of heart for the guy. <laughs> I feel bad for him always instantly after I say anything bad. But I feel like a lot of these guys are hurt. You're right. And uh, Freddie Miramone on Facebook says Damian Lee is out of his element. He's only good with book out there getting the defensive attention, which could be true as well. You know, so again, this is somebody who you brought in. I think that we were you know, yeah. quickly becoming a fan favorite was Damian Lee. And he's he, he's disappearing more than Mikhail Bridges is at times. You know, speaking of uh, Mikhail Bridges and the way that he's been playing. The award. Much more solid effort from Mikhail Bridges. 38 minutes played, seven attempts from the field, including one of one from beyond the arc, 15 points, three assists, two steals. But I'll say this, Matthew, not enough. Not enough for Mikhail Bridges. 15 points. When when you have Chris Paul out, when you have Devin Booker out, okay, those those two guys alone account for, you know, Devin Booker's 28.2. Uh, Chris Paul is 15.1. You need more from Mikhail Bridges. And again, we just kind of consistently he don't see him. I, I can't I can't re you know iterate it enough. These are the times when he should be really balling out, right? Mikhail Bridges has one 20 point game, you know, in the past nine games for the Suns. One 20 point game. Coming into this game, he's averaging 12.3 points in the Suns last nine games, 35.7% from the field. Uh, 34% from beyond the arc. 
I get that he has to guard the the opposing best player, but offensively, it just again, it shows you that in the absence of Chris Paul, in the absence of Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges just aren't it. The Suns need a true secondary score. You look at all the great teams in the West or just in the league right now. They have a one-two punch truly offensively. The Phoenix Suns don't have it. No, um, Mikhail does have a thing where he has a little pick and roll with Aiden and he has a nice little jump shot. Um, that was solid. He has that. He has a mid-range jumper. He just shies away. That's the thing is like, these guys should be playing like uh, Washington out there where they just don't give a fuck. They're out there getting to their spots, jacking them up, but also just playing smart basketball. And I feel like Washington has been doing that. Aiden and Mikhail need to be those guys where it's like, we're going to play our game and then just the outcome's the outcome. But at least as Suns fans, we can see like they, oh, we can count on them. Like they're guys that, are, that might put 30 points to win us a game or keep it close. And it's like, oh, dude, that guy, he put it out on the floor tonight. You know what I mean? But no, it's like you see spurts. You mm-hmm. see a lot of spurts, but it's never continuous. I thought Mikhail did better tonight. Last night, he got, he got to the free throw line a lot. I think he had 10 attempts. So he's been more aggressive, but yeah, I honestly just really think he's hurt. I do and, too. And it sucks, but it's like, well, I'm sorry. I don't know what, what we're, I mean, we need something from somebody. Um, he's yeah. been trying, it's but Wayne he's, Washington he's not here. carrying the team. That's that's the only guy. I'm the last two games. He's the only guy I'm out yeah. that I'm watching. I'm like, dude, I want this guy with the ball. I don't care what happens. I just want him with the ball because he's the only one that like seems like he knows what he's doing out there. Well, Albert H in the chat says it's because we built the offense to go through book and DA for two years. You know, and Coda Kid says they've never been asked to carry this team before, and I understand that, but. You know, here's a great example, and I was thinking about this one, Kodakin. I'm glad you bring it up. Jeremy Grant, right? Jeremy Grant left Denver where he was a role player. He was kind of like a Mikhail Bridges. He was a 3 and D guy. Went to Detroit. He saw his opportunity increase, and he took advantage of it. This is what should be happening with Bridges and Aiton right now. Their yes. shot attempts should be going yeah. up. Their points per game should be going up. But because they are not true, consistent offensive players, because they're not as good as Jeremy Grant, they're they're not going up. They're in fact going down. You know, Mikhail Bridges' points per game is going down. When we need him to step up, he's shrinking again. Nine last nine games, twelve something points per game, unacceptable. So when you know, Cody Kid's right. They've never been asked to carry this team before, but now they are being asked to carry this team, and they're just they're not. They're reminding us that they're not a, a Jeremy Grant type. They're not an offensive <laughs> threat. They're not someone who can carry the team for five games. That's all we need. Like somebody carry, carry the team for five games. It's Dwayne Washington Jr. It's the guy in your two-way. It's not the guy you're paying 30 million or the guy you're paying 24 million. It's the guy who's who's getting a you know a 1.8. He's not even getting 1.8 million. He's on a two-way contract. That's the guy who's carrying the team offensively right now. Unacceptable. Just unacceptable. Yeah, and I think as we we were spoiled the last two years, but I feel like we do kind of just we're we're okay with things from players. Like we're okay. It's like, oh, it's a different role give them some time. But that's the thing is we don't have time. Like we got to find out who these guys are. Cause they've been in the trade conversations the last two years. Mm-hmm. Aiden has been for sure. Mikhail now is from Suns fans. So we got to see that these guys can and will make sense on this team. If they're playing basketball at this kind of chaos rate, like it's, it's just weird watching him. Like I feel like a lot of times, even Mikhail will, he'll like turn the ball over in the most weird plays. Like even the one where he hit uh, Washington junior in the corner for that ridiculous three, he went up and under, 
And I don't even know if he knew Washington would be there, but that would have been just a turnover right there. Like he's kind of chaotic with the ball. So mm-hmm. a lot of it, it's just chaos out there, man. So that's why it does come down. That's to, what it is. It comes down to Monty too. Where he has to put these guys in situations to win. It just looks ridiculously hard for anybody to get a good shot out there right now. And low sons in the chat. He says also Voida. It's only been this season. Grant had a couple of years to develop. You can't compare. I can absolutely compare. You look at, Jeremy Grant in Denver when he in 2019 and 20. Okay, that's the year that they went to the Western Conference Finals. He averaged 12 points per game on 26 minutes and 8.9 shot attempts. Okay, the next year he goes to Detroit. His shot attempts go from 8.9 to 17.3. He goes from 12 points a game to 22.3. He was given opportunity the next year from a, from a small forward position. That's what should be happening right now with Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges, you know, let me, let me let me let me pull up some statistics real quick on on our buddy Mikhail. I had them up and then I, I went away from him. You know, he's uh 10.5 point or shot attempts last season. He's up to 12.5 right now and he's only averaging a point more per game. But again, you know, since Devin Booker's been out and that's since Christmas. Okay? He's averaging just 11.4 field goal attempts. He's not shooting the ball more. He should be shooting the ball more, and he's not. That's the difference. Jeremy Grant, somebody who it's like, okay, listen, you are going to be the guy now. And right now it's like between DA and between Mikhail Bridges, there's no Devin Booker. There's no Chris Paul consistently. It's like you guys, you're you're, you're paid the, the third and fourth most on the team behind Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Here you go. Take over. And there's like, I'll take less shot attempts. <laughs> Yeah, you can't do it. You can't do it. No, you can't. And there's another guy too that hasn't been in the situation at all, and it's Washington Jr. But he doesn't give a fuck. He's out there trying to do his best and play a game that makes sense. It's like I don't know. I don't know why we why we have to say like, oh, these guys haven't been here. They haven't done. But like, Mikhail was going to be defensive player of the year last year, right? Mm-hmm. We want Aiden to be an all-star. We want even Mikhail to be an all-star. Why can't we just have them step up to where when guys come back, we'll be like, oh man, what's going to happen when Booker comes back and then Cameron Johnson comes back? Like, are they going to be able to share the, share the ball? Because Mikhail and Aiden have been unstoppable. It's nothing to worry about now. It sounds like, well, I don't even know if we have a real team if Booker comes back. I know. Well, again, you know when Booker comes back and shot chucker and the chat's right. This is, you know, our offense is still guard-centric. So, you know, I mean, why did Chris Paul get hurt again? Well, because he came back, he played against the Cavaliers. He he played 40 minutes in a night trying to get that team to win. We lost by two points. And then after 12 minutes against the Heat, he's hurt again. Devin Booker, when he comes back, same thing with Devin Booker. He came back, scored 58 points because he had to carry the fucking team. Then he's been out. And then yeah. when both come back, we're just going to throw, you know, Monty's going to be like, all right, guys. You know, it's like it's it's like going on vacation. You come back like no one was there. And you have to do, you have to play, so, you have to do so much work just to catch up. Like, that's exactly what's going to happen. Like, instead of utilizing this opportunity to see these guys have more shot attempts, you know, I will say this. Like, DeAndre Ayton uh, had 16 shot attempts in this game. That's the way it should be. Mikhail Bridges only had 10. Both of those numbers should be inflated. Dwayne Washington Jr. led the team with 18 shot attempts. Yeah, Ayton needs at least 25. You know? He needs yeah. like 20, 20 to 25. Yeah. I, I talked about it uh, earlier. I mean, I think there's like two games this year where he's had – over 20 shot attempts, it's unacceptable right now. I don't care if we're losing because of how injured we are, but it's the way we're losing that I find myself getting frustrated. 
It's it, DA's not getting enough shot attempts. Mikael Bridges is, is, is shying away from the moment. Dwayne Washington Jr. again is who we lead the podcast off with. That right there tells you something's wrong. That right there. Yeah. Period. Exclamation point. Subreddit. Stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So twice in one week, I got the subreddit for the the Cleveland Cavaliers. So let's see what they had to say. Uh, first one, I hate Mikael Bridges so much. Why do people say that? Who hates Mikael Bridges? Other How than could us? you hate him, man? <laughs> <laughs> is that all it's they the said? Is I hate stuff. him. Oh, that's why. Yeah, fans do freak out about that. Like, did why you is see, he celebrating down 20? Did you see Kyle yeah. Lowry before the Heat game? The Heat game? Mm-hmm. They're getting ready to do the tip-off, and he looks at Mikhail Bridges. He's like, oh, hey, really? One of them right off the bat. Yeah, fucking Kyle Lowry. Hate all, the, all the players do that, so. All of our uh, somebody said, Warriors fan here, and I know you have a history of not liking us, but please beat the Suns. And then somebody responded, and they said, the Suns are annoying because they act like they're the Warriors when they have none of the achievement achievements. Okay. Mm. Uh, and then there was some Mobley hate. Plenty of Evan Mobley hate. Mobley is regressing before our eyes, to which somebody commented, hasn't been looking great, not sure what's wrong with him, but he got stuffed and then bricked a hook shot right after. And then somebody said, Moby getting worked by this jock dude I've never heard of tonight. Now, this is funny because, one, Evan Mobley, 7 of 10 from the field, was 14 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and less than a week ago, he had a game winner against the Phoenix Suns. And they're just dogging him in the chat. Uh, I might be in the minority here, but I can't stand the City Edition jerseys. Every year, only like three or four are nice, are nice and the rest are hideous and or tacky. Clearly a cash grab for jersey sales. Wouldn't mind if they did them every other year or a few years, but every year is dumb. And then somebody said, my favorite part is the overcomplicated explanations each team writes about their City Edition jerseys. Which is funny because it's true. Uh, somebody said the Suns gorilla used to give me nightmares when I was like five. I've never seen in the, a gorilla in the desert either. And then during that seventeen to two <laughs> run, everyone just kept saying avalanche. What is it? Cavalanche. Instead oh, of avalanche. Yeah. Like, okay. Avalanche. Yeah. Okay. I I thought that was pretty cool. That was the suburb stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, Matthew. Yeah. You know, I I got a new a new segment for the show. Considering the Suns, you know, you take a look at the standings after this game. 20 and 21 are where the Suns stand. And that puts them in the tied for eighth, but they're also tied for ninth, and they're also tied for tenth in the Western conference. Uh, the only reason that they have a, they're given the eighth seed is it must be conference or division standing. They have a better division and conference standing than both the Minnesota and Timberwolves and the Portland trailblazers who are nine and 10. They are a half game ahead of the Lakers who are currently in the 11th spot. So this means that we're going to have to start looking at tankathon once again. Spin the tankathon wheel. All right, so this is <laughs> this is That's where great. we where we we take a look at tankathon. You know, it's it's something we haven't do, had to do in quite some time. 
But what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to take a queer, uh, take a look at Tankathon, and we're going to go ahead and we're just going to spin that Tankathon wheel, Matthew. All right, this All is right, awesome. So, so here's Tankathon. Yeah. It's something we haven't done in a long time. So for big those money, big it, money, big money. So <laughs> currently, according to Tankathon, they have the Suns in the 15th overall spot. Uh, so if we hit Sim Lottery, we're going to do it and see what happens. And the Suns are in the 15th overall spot still, and they have the Suns drafting. A shooting guard from Michigan, Jet Howard. He's oh, right six on. foot eight, six foot eight shooting guard. Oh, Good nice. Uh, he's That's a freshman. Want, That's awesome. You know, and if you if you take a look at Jet Howard, uh, his his strengths are assist to turnover ratio. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's got length, so he's got some blocks. Uh, his two point percentage, his draft age. Uh, let's see what else about him. His weaknesses, his steals, his offensive rebounds, and his rebounds. So he just doesn't rebound. So this is a guy who's purely offensive. Can't play any defense. Jeff Howard, our first guy we're going to start to take a look at as we get ready to make uh, a run at Tankathon once again. Yeah, Jeff Howard, come on down. <laughs> You're next on uh, the Suns Tankathon. So when's the last time you you spent some time on Tankathon, Matthew? Oh, it's been two years at least. God, remember that? Yeah. I um, My friend last... I don't like he's, it. He, my friend OKC fan, he he always had it up though when I worked with them. So I never looked at it, but he's like, "Oh, this is where OKC is gonna pick." I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice when we don't have to scout guys like we have, like, especially last year. Like we didn't have a pick. It's like sweet. We don't have to scout anybody because we, yeah. we spent a lot of time yeah. scouting and being wrong. Although you and I loved Halliburton, we loved Devin Vassell. Um, we were right on both of them. Um, yeah, Coda Kid says we need a Jet Howard watch now. So Jet Howard. Is the first yeah, person. that's a and good that, name too. Actually, I didn't like Halliburton at all, so I'll take that. Take that L. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him. Oh man, I, I, I really liked a lot of people them. in that draft. I didn't like him. Maybe I didn't spend I, enough time on him. I just didn't like him. I was the one who must have uh, really liked him. So, mm-hmm. but there you go, Tankathon. If the Suns continue to lose, we're going to continue. When if we're right here, if we're right in this this area where we have a shot at a lottery pick, we're going to have to take a look at this. And which brings up my next question, Matthew. You know, as the Phoenix Suns continue to plummet in the standings uh which hopefully isn't going to happen much longer but you never know is that just another chip for james jones to potentially utilize because the value of that number one over overall pick yeah uh has value you know it's not like it's a the 20th overall pick if, if we drop and you know we end up being like the 13th or 12th worst team in the nba that first round pick potentially with the jay crowder could be something right yeah, um, but that kind of that would kind of suck if we do give it up. And it's, I mean, it'd probably be top five protected or something like that. But if we get like a six pick, but then we get somebody else that doesn't help us do anything, I don't know. I mean, I would hope we just give up Jay Crowder without the pick for somebody. But I feel like you have to throw in a pick with Jay Crowder now. So if you're giving up that number one pick, it has to be for someone like that Pascal Siakam trade or something like that. Someone that's going to automatically make a change this season. If it's anything else, yes. I think it's a, it's a lose-lose. Well, and that's one thing, you know, again, I, I talked a little bit before I abs- uh, accidentally ended the podcast early last time with you and Sunspeak. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I put out a piece on Bright Side of the Sun talking about how, you know, James Jones might just stand fast. He might just sit there. Obviously, a Jay Crowder trade will occur because it's a distressed asset. But you have about $30 million coming off the books next offseason. And he might not sit there and try to trade. Well, two things. He might not try to trade some of his expirings because the Phoenix Suns have a lot of expirings. You got Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, uh, Dwayne Washington. Well, he's a two way, uh, Josh Akogi, Damian Lee, 
um, Tory Craig. There's a lot of expiring contracts, and I could see where Tory or uh, James Jones is like, you know what? I'm just going to let this ride, and if if we do good, great. But if not, like I can make a run at some free agents next year, and there's some pretty decent free agents next year. So he might do that. The other side of this is let's say that the Suns continue to just plummet. The injuries take too long to come back. And let's say the Phoenix Suns end with the 11th worst record. The 11th worst record, you have a 1.8% chance at Wemby. I don't think you trade, even if it's 1.8%, a shot at Wemby. You have an 8.5% chance at getting a top four pick. So that puts you in like the Scoot Henderson conversation. But I think that if the Suns continue to fail, that num- that that first round pick does increase value, but I don't feel like you can trade it because imagine trading your number one pick in Jay Crowder. You end up with still the 10th worst record and you have a 3% chance of getting Wemby and it hits. <laughs> like how Phoenix Suns would that be? It would be Phoenix Suns. I would It'd just- be more Phoenix Suns than like a Detroit Lions thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That life. would happen. And I think they go by who hasn't had a star yet. But the thing is, if we end up trading DA for somebody or something, and then we just kind of do tank, then yeah, Wimby, it's it's an option. I mean, that would be fucking crazy. But it'd be fucking, it'd be crazy to get Wimby because I would just want to know the thoughts of Devin Booker and how he would think like, oh shit, like here we go again. Like would he would just ask out of Phoenix if we're gonna be tanking again? Like he that would be traumatic for him. I feel like. Yeah, but I don't think like if you get Wemby, dude, you ain't tanking. You're all that that guy's an instant, instant. He like he's a, he is a number one overall pick. He's not like Da, who's like should have been a number three. You know, it was purely <clears throat> drafted because the owner was a U of A fan, and that you want to sell tickets to all your U of A uh, season ticket holders. You know, I mean, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, what else you got, Matthew? Anything else that I missed? No, uh, I didn't do too many notes tonight, honestly. So um, let's see. Oh, I got this one. Report: Cleveland, Phoenix, and Toronto have been circulating as teams that have trade yeah. interest in Kelly Oubre Jr. Would before you want the Suns to? Yeah, before he got hurt. Would you want the Suns to bring back Kelly Oubre Jr.? Um, no. But yes, kind of. No, I don't want him at all. We, we need a wing scorer. He's a wing scorer. I know, I know, I know. It, it's kind of one of those weird things where it's, I wouldn't want him back because of how selfish of a player he was. But right now, it's kind of like you just need guys to go in there and try to hit some big shots. And he was Mr. Big Shot with the He Suns. was Mr. Big Shot. So it'd be nice to have him back for this stretch. If it's anything of a championship run, maybe if he's in the bench deep three or four spots, I'm okay with that. But right now, we need someone for sure that can come in there and start and just get a shot off. But now he's hurt, so... It's crazy. If he was to come back, I think it would be pretty exciting. It's funny. Right after we get rid of the Valley jerseys, though. (laughs) So he would never have a chance. Yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. My last question. Should the Suns pursue Carmelo Anthony? Yes. I've always wanted Carmelo. Yeah. Tonight's the first night when I started going, you know what? We're missing somebody like Melo. Somebody who can just go out there and score some points because, again, DA and Bridges ain't it right now. Yeah, we need, we need somebody that's just like a leader too. I'm not saying Mel's the best leader, but he'd be good for the locker room. He really would be, um, especially when they keep losing games. Everyone's going to get down on themselves, and there's going to be a lot of blame pointed around. Um, I'm sure Carmelo knows a lot about that, so he would yeah. be a good guy in there in the locker room. Um, you got to get somebody, and I wanted him at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I've, I've kind of, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Mel at the beginning of the season. I thought, you know, too old, uh, too me centric. But again, given yeah. the fact, given the state of the Phoenix Suns and the injuries that they've had to this point, 
they need somebody like that. They need somebody like that. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. so we'll see what happens in the next, you know, Phoenix now goes on a four game road trip. They play at golden state. The next night they play at the Denver nuggets. They pop up to Minnesota and then they have MLK day in Memphis. So uh, another tough road trip lies ahead of the Phoenix suns. What do you think the suns go on that road trip? Matthew, I'm going to say on three, I said four teams. They're just going to forfeit the last one. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, um, I think the Suns, they can get one. One out of four. Do you think Minnesota? Row, I think it's going to be an upset to one of the better teams, but Minnesota should be one you can take. That team is, they're playing better right now. They are. But I just feel like the way, do I even bring it up with DA trying to just, you know, be be himself against uh, Gobert and just kind of dominate him? But he, I don't think won't. that's going to happen either. Who knows? I just... Nah. You got to win one out of the next four. I'm just hoping for one, dude. Yeah, but but when it, when it comes to him playing against Rudy Gobert, you know, I think that, you know, one, when, whenever we play Minnesota, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself considering the fact that that game's not till next Friday, but whenever we, we play against Minnesota, obviously the first thing that comes up and everybody starts talking about is Carl Anthony Towns. He's obviously injured, but when you have us play against Minnesota and there's no Towns, and you take a look at kind of the statistics historically between Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Ayton. You know, Rudy Gobert scores uh, 17.3 points, has 12.9 rebounds, and 1.7 blocks against Ayton. Ayton is 13 and 8, conversely. So he struggles against he struggled against Gobert. He'll struggle when he plays against Gobert. That's all we're going to be talking about next Friday. Is you know. Carl Anthony yeah. Town, should we trade for him? Yada yada yada. You know the the four game road trip without the health. I really I really have a hard team seeing this team winning a game. You know I I know again, I know just a little bit of hope over here, a little bit, but well we'll see. the 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 Warriors are up next. We play them Tuesday night, eight p.m. Uh, I'm covering that one for Brightside. The okay. Warriors are six and five with Steph Curry out. Uh, Clay Thompson's averaging 26 points per game. He had that 54 point per game performance or that 54 point game yeah. uh, against the Atlanta Hawks not too long ago. So it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out, knowing that the next night just they turn right around and have to play Denver. It's just it's a brutal stretch. We, 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 we said it when DA, when uh, Booker went down on Christmas, like get ready because this next January is just a f- tough fucking month for the Suns, and, and they're proven to have some semblance of a competitive team, but a team that just can't can't close anybody out so yeah it'll be nice to get this month over with whatever our record is i don't care if we're eight or nine games below 500 i don't care just get this month over with get Get these guys back and see what happens get me to february get me to the trade deadline so uh (laughs) you know again thank you everybody who decided to pop in and watch the podcast if you're listening and you're on apple podcast be like jordan j jordan j left a five-star review he says the best post-game podcast i feel like you guys feel exactly how I do after each win and after each loss in all seriousness. You guys have really good discussions on this team and bring a, uh, bring up a lot of insightful info. It's almost given that I'm always listening or watching on YouTube to the pod after MVP or after every game, y'all the MVP. So thank you, Jordan J for thank that. You. We really appreciate awesome. it. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to sit around and talk about Trey Nathan and then bridges ain't stepping up. It's like, I missed last headache. year, man. Yeah. I have a fucking headache after this one. <laughs> Well, that and what's the score of that Packers game? Oh, yeah, dude. I think <laughs> Aaron Rodgers just threw a pick 
with like three minutes left, they're down by four. Packers are down fucking 20 to 16. So it's fine. I honestly tell you the truth. I kind of want the Packers to lose, but I also want it $600. So I know that's the key. It was the 600 bucks. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe, rate, and review, all that fun stuff. Follow me at Darth Void and read my writing at Bright Side of the Sun. Follow the show at Sun's Jam. Follow Matthew. And I think that I'm going to end this podcast correctly this time. So, Matthew, tell them what to do. Go home, love your family. credit card bill.